Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Good morning. Good morning. One more time. I just love hearing you say that. Good morning. Good morning. Wow. Hey, before we do anything else this morning, I want to pray uh, because God is doing some great things in our community in people's lives. But I will tell you that the enemy doesn't like what he's doing. Uh, It has been a crazy morning around here and a crazy weekend. I can't go into details, but I'll tell you what, he's done everything he can to stop the word of God from being presented this morning to people's lives. So can we take a moment, because God wants to speak to you today. Let's make sure we get rid of these distractions right off the bat. Lord, we welcome you to this house today. God, to speak to your people, to pour into our lives. Lord, the enemy would love to stop, to hinder, to distract us from all the different things that you want to do in our life, to all these things that would take us away from that. And Lord, we push in, we press into you. Lord, we're going to continue to pray, Lord, as we're in this season of prayer with prayer and praise miles and with our Wednesday night prayer time. And God, we aren't stopping because, Lord, we realize you're on the move and the devil's doing everything he can to hinder us from connecting with you. So today, Lord, we welcome you to this place. Accomplish all you want to do in and through us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we're glad that you're here today. We've got a couple of announcements. They're going to open up with a worship song. God's got a great message for us. It's going to be something I think that's going to challenge you, encourage you, and transform your life. We're going to have a time of communion and reflection. We're going to end the service with a song that we're going to be doing uh, for our night of worship. It'll be the last song we do at the night of worship. We want to teach it to you today. It's very different, but it ties into the message so great today. So we want to introduce that to you at the end of service today. Of course, you can give at the end of service in our giving box in the foyer. So a couple things to announce. Get ready. You're going to be excited about this first one, and it's this. We're in the process of moving things forward. So next Sunday, we're going back to one worship experience. Come on, everybody under one house, one roof. We'll still have our overflow room available up here. uh, So that will be available. We're super excited about that. Then you have to answer the question, okay, we've been doing service at nine and doing service at 11. And a lot of people have said we want service earlier. So what we're going to do is we're going to split the difference. So service will be at 10 a.m., And so we're going to come together, all right? So you can choose, eat before or eat after, just as long as you're not eating during. We're good. Uh, But join us next Sunday, 10 a.m. for service. We'll continue to live stream on our Facebook uh, as well. So other things that are coming up, we need some help with our nursery. We'd like to get nursery back up and running by the end of May. Now, we're not always going to have kids in our nursery, but when we do have a, a child in our nursery, we have to have two volunteers in there. Uh, just for legal reasons. And so we do need some help. And we'd like people to only have to serve once a month. And so we need 12 people that are willing to volunteer to go, I'm willing to give one Sunday a month to serve in our nursery. And hey, if we don't have kids uh, after the beginning of service, there's no kids in there, you can come back and join the service. But we've got to have some people prepped ready for that before we can officially launch our nursery. We're looking for uh, female volunteers that are over the age of 18 or a married couple that would be willing to invest in that. Um, We'll have some training and things for you as well. But if you're interested in that, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. Uh, Just sign up. And again, we're just looking for once a month serving in our nursery. 
Uh, worship night, Friday, May 14th, 7 p.m. in our parking lot. This is going to be a great night. Uh, we've got four different teams lined up. We're going to have a great evening. I've got a message that I'm going to share. It's a shorter message, but it's a powerful one. And then we're going to have a time of prayer as well. It's going to be great family atmosphere. We'll have some fun things going on. Intermission in the middle. I think we're going to have some popcorn and stuff as well. So a great night to come out and just worship with our community. Summer camps are right around the corner. If you want to go to camp, uh, if you want to work camp, if you want to send a kid to camp, uh, make sure you talk with Pam before the end of May so we can get all that signed up. You can be a part of that. All those camp dates are in your, your bulletin sheet this morning. And of course, let's not forget about prayer. Absolutely pivotal. Uh, we have prayer here at church Wednesday night, 6.30 to 7.30. And if you were here, I'm telling you, at the end of our prayer time on Wednesday, there was just a sense of God's presence. Like uh, you feel something emerging, something growing out of the ground, like your spring flowers. It's a powerful time. Encourage you to be here with us as we continue to do that through this season. And of course, prayer and prayer miles. Get out there on your own. Pray over your community. God's wanting to do great things. So hey, I think it's time for us to enter into worship this morning. You know, Mike, I, I started praying. Would you just lead us in a prayer before we start doing worship today? Lead us in a prayer and just lead us into this first song this morning. Let's stand to our feet because God is worthy of our praise. Amen? Amen. Amen. One more time. Is God worthy of our praise? Amen. Amen, Mike. Lead us this morning. Lord, we just pray that you would prepare our hearts. Lord, you have brought us together as it said in the book of Acts, and they were all together in one place, in one accord. Help us to be in one accord here in this place, that we may lift up the name of Jesus, not only here, but in the world around us, into our community, and even to the uttermost ends of the earth. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to read uh, from the writings of the Apostle Paul. Here he's kind of writing as... Uh, the pastor, Paul, and uh, our pastor, uh, we're going to kind of refer to this too. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. You want your house to be on a firm foundation, right? So when the floods come, when the storms come, your uh, house will stand. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Let's sing Build My Life this morning. Can we make a joyful noise? Yes. He is worthy. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Jesus, Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. 
Open up my eyes in one. 
church build our life I will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken Make a joyful noise one more time, Robbie. Lord, as we transition to the hearing of your word, Lord, that the words spoken are not the words of this man, but words from the Most High that, Lord, our ears would be open and that the Holy Spirit, you would work in the midst of this communication from the Word of God into our lives. We want to leave this place changed, transformed. And the power of today's message is so vitally important. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would accomplish all that you want to do. In the midst of your presence, I believe great things can happen. Miracles can just spontaneously happen. And Lord, today, if there's someone in this place, someone watching online that needs a miracle, God, would you provide that for them? Lord, we love you. We can't wait to apply this word to our life. In the mighty name of Jesus, God's people said, amen. You can be seated. We're going to jump into the word of God. We'll come back into worship. Adrian's going to lead us in communion just a little bit later, but excited to get into the word of God today. Are you excited for the Word of God? Amen. All right, the front row is very excited. That is a good thing. You guys will keep me going today. So we're going to start our message today with a question, all right? And the question is this, is salvation on your mind today? Is salvation on your mind? Now, before we just automatically answer that question, let's do a little bit of digging into that. I mean, sure, sometimes we think we say salvation on Sunday mornings. We might even pray about it. Hopefully you're praying about that because it's the whole focus of what we're praying about. But sometimes we say the words about salvation. We pray for people to be saved, but really we've not connected our thoughts to the words coming out and the significance of that phrase, salvation. When was the last time that you really thought about your own salvation, your story, about how Jesus pursued you? how he came after you. What was that story like? When was the last time you really thought about that? When was the last time you thought about the cost of your salvation? What Jesus has done in your life and for you? When's the last time that, that you thought about, if I didn't have it, where would I be? When's the last time that you really thought about the salvation of others? at your workplace, on your campus, in our communities, your neighbor home, neighborhood, and maybe even in your home. See, the fact is, unless we make it a priority to think about salvation, we really, 
We really just don't. I mean, if we're really honest, we don't. It's just, we go about our day. But I want you to know something, that salvation is on the mind of Jesus. It's, it's a priority, and we're going to prove that today in the passage that we're looking at. And if, if salvation is on the mind of Christ, as followers of Jesus, doesn't salvation need to be on our minds? Shouldn't it be something on our minds daily? Let's jump into the book of Mark chapter 10, verse, starting in verse 13. We're, of course, talking about doing life, doing ministry just like Jesus. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 13. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could teach and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Now, different translations, different versions of your Bible use some different phrasing here. And so while some versions might say parents, others will say just some people brought children to Jesus. So I think the important thing is here that there are people, adults, bringing children to Jesus. I'm sure that there were some parents, but we've all known those people, the grandma in church. Like if there's, if there's kids in the community, I'm bringing them to church for VBS, or I'm bringing them to church for a special event. I'm bringing these kids to church for the Friday night worship night. I mean, we've all known people like that. So let's go back. Let's read verse 13 again with that thought process in our mind and continue on. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus uh, saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. But we can't overlook that. That's a powerful statement written here. Jesus was angry with his ministry team. He was furious. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. Boy, he seems to be saying that a lot to his disciples. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. So you've got people bringing these children to Jesus. You've got the disciples scolding these adults for, for doing this. Man, oh boy. We've known from the last few weeks, the disciples are not batting 100, that's for sure. We've seen the disciples mess up time and time again on, on kingdom principles, on the heartbeat of Jesus, and they're trying their best but missing the mark. From the moment where, where the, Jesus and some of his disciples go on a camping trip and there's somebody who comes to them saying, we need, we need help, and they're unable to deliver the help that they need. To last week, John being there and, 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 and turning people away, ta- telling people to stop praying and doing ministry and bringing people to Jesus because you're not a part of our group. I mean, they're just not with it. They seem to be goofing up left and right. I mean, if it was them on the racetrack and you hit the green light and it's time to go, uh, the engine doesn't even start. I mean, that's how, how big these mistakes seem to be. The people closest to Jesus seem to be making these huge, huge, huge mistakes in ministry. And if the disciples were making those mistakes 2,000 years ago, who were living with Jesus all the time, and this is coming up towards the end of his ministry. So they've got two and a half years, between two and a half and three years of ministry under their belt with Jesus, and they're still making these huge fundamental mistakes. You and I are going to make mistakes too. All the disciples messed up. I mean, we focus in on Peter and we focus in on Judas, but all of them messed up. 
in some pretty big, significant ways. But all the disciples, we say that Judas's mistake was so much larger, and I, I challenge that thought. I don't think Judas's mistake was bigger than the others. I think the fact that Judas, Judas didn't repent is the issue. See, all these disciples were messing up on very key fundamental things, but they allowed Jesus to change their way of thinking. They weren't just sorry. They repented and changed their ways. They changed the way that they did things, how they operated, and that's the significant difference. Maybe there's some lessons today we can learn from their failures so we don't have to repeat them. And maybe also, maybe we're in the midst of making these mistakes, but we can allow the Holy Spirit to convict us today and change our thinking and to change our ways so they don't have to, we don't have to continue walking in them. So the question we have to ask is, why were the disciples scolding these people for bringing children to Jesus? Well, that's because they disregarded the children. They overlooked them, neglected them. In their minds, they were not worthy of the time of themselves or the time of Jesus. So let me tell you a true story from my life that reflects this principle. The year is 1999 going into 2000. I was uh, interning for a church in, at Victory Road, Victory Road Assemblies of God Church in Norfolk, Nebraska. And uh, one of the things that we did as a church is we poured into home missions churches, churches that were not self-sustaining uh, but needed help. And we invested in ministry teams and we sent worship teams sometimes. And sometimes we, we'd travel out and do special events and do VBSs and those things to help these smaller churches out. The church I want to talk about today is the church at Walt Hill. Now to understand, well, there is, there's Walt Hill right there. Walt Hill was a small village about an hour away from Norfolk, and Walt Hill was in the center of an Indian reservation for the Omaha tribe. Now, the Assemblies of God planted a church there. I found a picture of it, but I don't have it there because it was not a very good picture, but old traditional white church. Can you imagine in your mind? And uh, that church was there, and it was established to reach the people of Walt Hill, the Indian reservation, the people there that needed the gospel message. However, over the years after the church was built, the church was no longer reaching the people of Walt Hill. The church was actually, uh, people were driving in long distances in to attend church there. There was actually, guess how many people from the Indian Reservation actually attended the church? Zero. Zero. This troubled the pastor. And the Holy Spirit was wrestling with him, and he began to share messages with the church about the importance of reaching the community. This is why the church exists. This is why the local church exists. This church is planted here in Ripon to reach Ripon and its surrounding communities. Now, sometimes we are fortunate. We reach a lot of people, uh, people today by online that I never could have imagined. People are watching today from Florida and Oklahoma, and I think we've got one out in Virginia that's watching. I mean, all right, that's great, but if we're not reaching our own, the purpose that we're being here, there's, there's something that's missing because that's what we're called to be. And this is where the pastor was wrestling. So he shared this with his people. We've got we've to engage. We've got to be able to reach. But very few from people for, that attended the church were interested in this. So the pastor and a handful of people went out on their own, and they managed to to, to drum up some things. One of the things they were trying to do was kids ministry. And so 
they ended up reaching a, a portion of kids from this community. And if you get the kids, eventually, hopefully you get the parents. So on Sunday mornings, about 12 kids would show up in church and sit on the front row. And this was exciting for the pastor. But a few weeks later, a meeting was called of the church. These are some things that I'm, I'm reading here that actually were said in the meeting. People of the church did not like the fact that the kids were in their worship service. Some said, these kids are too distracting to be in church. One person said, they're just not like us. They don't understand. People did not like the fact that the pastor would use illustrations that the kids could easily understand. Pastor, you need to preach to our level. Some of the kids' clothes were torn, and occasionally some of the boys would come to shirt, church without a shirt on, and this was unacceptable. Kids would come with their hair uncombed, and sometimes the kids would be unbathed. This phrase was said by multiple people at that meeting. We can't have these kinds of people in our church. The church demanded of the pastor to remove the kids from the church and prioritize their wants or that they would leave. There were no other options. Well, we can move the kids to the back row or that. No, pastor, you tell them that they are not welcome here or we won't be here. For a few days, the pastor contemplated what to do. He realized that if he lost the adults in his church, there was a good chance that he would have to close the church building. But the question remained, what would Jesus do? A few days later, the pastor would call that church back to a meeting, and he told the church that he refused to tell these kids that they were not welcomed, and as long as he was the pastor there, anyone was welcome to attend church service. The following Sunday, 98% of the church left and never returned. Today, that church is no longer in existence, but in its place is a thriving church that is effectively reaching the community of Walt Hill. I wish that story had a different ending, but that's the way it played out. I believe one of the reasons there's a church there today that's thriving and reaching the community is because a pastor took a stand for what was right. Both the disciples and this congregation at Walt Hill saw these children as not worthy of their time. These children did not fit into their agenda or their priorities. They did not see value in spending time and resources on this kind of ministry, on these kinds of people. But look at Jesus' reaction. When he saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples and said to them, let these children come to me. Do not stop them. Jesus was angry because this was the ministry that he came to do. These people that have been disregarded, neglected, looked at as different, were the very people Jesus came to save. It's in Luke chapter 19 that Jesus goes on uh, to the house of an, he goes to a house of a neglected, overlooked, rejected, disregarded man by the name of Zacchaeus and makes this powerful statement. Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. See, church, we're all in the same boat. There's not an age priority in church, or there shouldn't be. 
It's not about the color of our skin. It's not about our economic background. It's not about us all having the same values or thinking the same way or coming from the same background, different nations. It doesn't matter. We're all in the same boat. We're sinners in need of a savior. That's the line. Do you have Jesus or do you need Jesus? And the fact is, is if you have him, you need more of him. So we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat. Jesus made it very clear that priority is reaching the lost. No wonder he was upset. The disciples had made a decision that these kids were a waste of time. A waste of time because of who they were. A waste of time because of their age. A waste of time because of perhaps where they came from. And really, what did they really have to offer the kingdom of God? But that's faulty thinking. What could kids offer the kingdom of God? Just go back a few chapters in the book of Mark. When 5,000 hungry people were in need of a meal, who was it that provided the food for the miracle of feeding 5,000? A boy and his happy meal. When we get to heaven, we're going to be absolutely shocked and surprised. But what God was able to do when someone who had nothing to give gave what they had, it's going to blow our minds. It's going to blow our minds. How quickly they had forgotten that anyone who offers something to Jesus, what Jesus can do with it is so amazing. Amazed like a young boy in Saltillo, Mexico. I visited Saltillo on several different occasions on different missions teams. Great city, phenomenal, some amazing churches. But on one particular missions trip, we traveled to the, to the poorest neighborhood of Saltillo, Mexico. It was like something that you watch on TV, those commercials where you see the kids that are starving, their, their, their bellies are bloated. It was just like that. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. We talk, there's a lot of talk about refugee camps and stuff on the news today. Let me tell you, it was nothing like that. It was heartbreaking. No cinder blocks for these buildings. Basically trash that people constructed into huts. There was one community restroom that the city had put in on a hill. It was a toilet with no walls, no doors. It was literally a toilet that sat on the top of a hill on a concrete slab. You had, and there was a bucket. You had to walk down to the stream get your bucket of water, do your business for everybody to see, and then pour your water down to flush the toilet. It was crazy. I'd never seen anything like this. These people needed Jesus. But what we were told, even by the church that we were working with, was, which was a good church, they were doing a great job reaching their community. But we asked them to take us to the poorest part of Saltillo so we could see it, the people most in need. They said, oh, you don't want to go there. You don't want to go there, Pastor. No, we want to go. We went, we got there, and we began to ask questions. Who reaches these people? The pastor went, oh, there's no churches that reach people out here. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We're going to do something. So we went out the next day to do ministry. And of course, people will come out and watch crazy white people show up in this part of the town because they're just like, this is not on the brochure for the visitation brochure. I'm like, we, people will come out, they go, crazy Americans visiting us? What is going on? And as we began to share Jesus with that community, we saw God do some amazing things. Not because we were Americans, but because we were on mission. That's the difference. 
But when he was there, people started to talk about the God boy. And we're like, God boy, what is going on with this? I'm like, we need a translator quick over here. Because I'm like, are they worshiping some boy that says he's God? What is going on? No, no, no. See, a young boy named Alejandro, when he was 12 years old, got asked to go to a VBS. Alejandro, at the age of 12, was the only working person in his family. A lot of people in this area didn't work at all. But this boy was motivated. He actually worked two jobs. And when he was at his job, he got invited to come to this VBS thing, and so he went. And for a little over a week, Alejandro was introduced to Jesus. He was given a Bible at the end of the week. And Alejandro, for weeks, would go home and read this Bible before he would go to bed. And when he got up in the morning, he just couldn't get enough of it. And through the night, the Holy Spirit would begin to show him what the words were that he was reading, what it meant. And a burden began to build in this young boy. And at the age of 13, he had decided that he was going to bring the gospel message to his community. Alejandro took his job and bought a tarp and some stakes in the ground, and he would put this tarp up every single Saturday and invite his community to come out. Nobody would come. It's like, this boy's crazy. We're not going to go do this. Alejandro got to thinking, if I buy some candy, I bet I can at least get the kids to come. So he would. On Friday, he would go buy a bag of candy. He would share with all the kids, if you come tomorrow morning and you come to the tent that I put up, after I'm done speaking, I'll give you candy. Every kid in the community came. Adults thought he was crazy. But he would get up and he would preach the word of God to these kids every single week. And when we came, he tears streamed down his face. I have been praying that God would send someone to help me reach my people. We asked him as we ended up our, our ministry thing, we asked him, we said, what's the vision that you have for the future? I mean, he's not attending a church. He is the church for this community. What's the vision that you have? Do you want to go somewhere you feel God's calling you? And he goes, oh, God has called me. God's called me to reach these people. He goes, I have a vision that God's given me of a building right here. And he showed us and he goes, I want to build this building and I want to provide a hot meal for everybody in my community. One hot meal a day for everybody here. And I can share Jesus with all these people as they come and get food to eat. We ran back to our bus. We, were, we did ministry kind of like the power team at that point. We were breaking bricks, ripping phone books, all that kind of stuff. We took the cinder blocks off of our truck. We asked them to show us, where, where, where do you see this building? And we laid the cornerstones for that building and prayed over him. Our missions team then came together. We had a missions budget. We'd emptied it. We asked all of our team members to pray about what to give. A lot of us gave every, every penny we had. We gave it to a pastor with one stipulation. We said, we want this kid, anything that he needs to accomplish the mission, whatever it takes. You let us know if you need more, but this kid gets everything that he needs to accomplish what God's called him to do. And if you'll covenant with us, we'll provide the funds for it. And we did. And Alejandro, at the age of 13, had salvation on his mind. And if a 13-year-old boy with nothing but a tent, figs, a Bible, and some candy could figure out how to put salvation at the top of his priority list. I'm telling you, a little church in Ripon, Wisconsin can too. We can figure this out. Let's look back at the passage of Scripture one more time. Jesus said, For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms, and he placed his hands on their heads. 
and bless them. Jesus brings it back to salvation. And we've got to receive salvation like a child. Let me ask you this morning, when you started your relationship with Jesus, when you first gave your life to Jesus, didn't you allow Jesus to mold your life, to shape it? You're so excited about this thing that was happening inside of you, this passion. Let me ask you this morning, is your, hand, is your life still in the hands of Jesus to mold? Is your heart there? What about your mind? Salvation seems to be on the mind of our Savior. So we go into our last point today. Let's have Jeb and Mary Ann talk to us a little bit about putting salvation on our mind. It's Jive Time with Jeb! Well, hi, it's Jeb again, and I've got my special friend, Miss Mary Ann Adams, with me. We've got a great day planned, and we want to share with you just a small portion of Scripture today. Miss Mary Ann, would you be willing to read that for us? Yes, absolutely, Jeb. It says in Ephesians 6, starting in verse 13, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armors of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith um, to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Wow, there was a lot of great stuff in that passage. Absolutely. And we're going to talk just about one of those pieces of armor today. Do, do you have any idea which piece it is, Miss Mary Ann? Hmm. The shield? No, it is not the shield. Oh, it's the helmet. That's right, it's the helmet. This here is Pastor Eric's racing helmet. Wow, that's pretty shiny. I know, he had to have it because he did a race for mission. Oh. Yep, he drag raced one of our young people in our church. He got whooped, but he did a great job <laughs> racing anyway. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and so what did that what did that verse say about the helmet? It said, put on salvation as your helmet. So, Miss Marianne, what do you think a helmet does? Does it protect your head? It does it protect does. your noggin. Yeah, it protects my noggin. Now, imagine if Pastor Eric would have gotten an accident while he was racing, and, and he didn't have a helmet on, he got shot out of his car. Ooh, that would have been a mess. That would have been a mess. But, but if he had his special helmet on, he, he probably would have been able to walk away okay. Yeah, because his head would be protected, right? That's right. And so, look, if you don't got the helmet of salvation on, you're going to have some problems protecting your noggin. That's right. Your thoughts and everything, right? Yeah, because if you don't have salvation protecting your mind, well, what, do, what do you think, think? What things do you think could attack our mind spiritually, Miss Marianne? Maybe worry and anxiety. Or doubt. Yeah, doubt. Fear? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, maybe some not so good desires, oh. like flesh stuff. Yeah, things mm. that don't honor God. Yeah, things that don't honor God. So you know what, Miss Mary Ann? What's that? We got to make sure we put on the helmet every day. That's right. Protect your noggins, kiddos. Protect that noggin. 
Absolutely. Well, I'm going to have a, a good friend of mine. He's a new friend of mine. Come up and help me really quick. Leo, you want to come help me really quick with an illustration? Nice that Jeb brings up the fact that I can't race well. But I did like his shirt today. I might have to get me one of those. Leo, I'm going to have you sit right in this chair here, buddy. We're going to do a couple things here. First off, I'm going to ask you just to introduce yourself to everybody. Uh, I'm Leo. All right, this is Leo. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, right? There's no right or wrong answers here, all right? Do you love Jesus? Yeah. Right answer. Do you love your grandma? Yeah. Right answer. Who's your favorite superhero? Iron Man. Good answer. Good answer. All right, so we've heard Leo. We heard what he sounds like. Now, Leo, I'm gonna, why don't you take your glasses off really quick? Because I don't want to have to pay for new ones. All right, I'm going to have you put this on. All right, it might be a little tight. Yep, all right, great. Now I'm going to open this up. Now, the first thing I'm going to have you do is I just want I'm going to ask you another question. Leo, do you still love your grandma? Yes. Is you, what's your favorite color? Green. Green. <laughs> Someone's like, that's the right answer. Um, now, it's interesting because Leo's voice is different. The sound is different when he puts the helmet on. When we put the helmet of salvation on, what we sound like should change. It should be different. Now, Leah, if I had a cheeseburger here, do you like cheeseburgers? Yeah. Oh, that's good. All right, Grandma, cheeseburgers, just saying. So if you like cheeseburgers, but you got this helmet on, you, you wouldn't be able to eat that, would you? No, I wouldn't. So look, the helmet of salvation changes what we're able to take in. What we're, we're physically taking into our body should change with the helmet of salvation. Now, look, I'm not saying that your food should dramatically change, but what I'm saying is, is that things that we watch, things that we perceive should change. Now, Leo, did, did your hearing change when you put this helmet on a little bit? Did things sound a little different? Yes. Yeah, so guess what? When the helmet of salvation on, it should change what we hear and how we hear it. What others say to us should change. When the devil lies to us, see, the helmet should begin to, to change that filter things through and go, no, 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 that's a lie of the devil. But we got to be able to put salvation on. Now, one more thing that I want to I wanna do here this morning. I'm, I'm going to bring this down. Now, you can look around, look around, get a good look at everything. Okay? All right, so I'm going to bring this down. Now, have things changed? Yeah. yeah. Let's go ahead. Say that again. Yes. Yeah? Okay. Well, wait, what about, uh, how about now? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it really changes. So we'll, we'll put the sunglasses off. But what, what, tell me what's changed right now. What's, what's, what do what things look like? Orange. Yeah, they look orange because it's got a, a filter on it. Oh, wait a minute. How we see things should change when we've got the helmet of salvation on. Hey, would you guys give Leo a hand clap this morning? Leo, thanks so much. I got to go racing in a few more weeks, so can I have my helmet back? Otherwise, I'd let you go home with that, but... Your mom and dad might call me later if I sent you home with the racing helmet, though. So thanks so much. Give Leo another hand clap as he goes back to his seat. And we, we begin to close things down this morning. Worship team, if you'd make your way back to the platform. We got to put salvation on every day, church. We started talking this morning, asking you a question, is salvation on your mind? And Reality is we very seldom really, really take the time to think about it. But I think there is a vital importance that we put this on every day. We spend some time thinking about it. 
Because it changes the way that we look at things. It changes who we are when we've got salvation on. But if we don't actually take the time to do that every day, if we just go about our routine, I think we're missing an opportunity to have God truly begin to change us in some pretty phenomenal ways. Everyone will leave a legacy. This church will leave a legacy in this community. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like the church at Walt Hill. I don't want that to be our legacy. I got one last question for you today. Who are the people that you're neglecting? Who are the people who you look at who aren't like you, who don't think like you do, and maybe you don't put the time and the effort in or connect your heart with those people, but this morning Jesus is after those people. You know what our world needs? It needs a little more of the helmet of salvation. Because if we had some of our leaders in our country that had this on and put it on every day, boy, it'd make a big difference. If some of the people that do news coverage had this thing and they put it on every day, it'd make a big difference. If the people of Hillside put this on every day, it will make a dramatic difference. Our community needs us to put this on. Did you hear what I said? Our community needs us to suit up and put on the helmet of salvation so that the words that need to be spoken in our community, at our schools, and in our workplaces, at the shops and businesses around here, in your neighborhoods, so that they can hear. See, the one thing I can't illustrate for you this morning, but that this helmet should do, is it should change the way we think. Specifically, it should change the way we think about people. Jesus has a heart for every person in our community, whether or not they're like you or not. Jesus loves them, and he paid a price for them. So I don't know about you, but I want to I wanna strive to put this on every day so that I begin to see the people in our community the way that Jesus sees them. And as that happens, Jesus is going to change our heart. There's a lot of words that have been going on in the world, a lot of hate. Church, we need to put this helmet on and allow it to change us. Because if we don't, we're going to be ineffective. I've asked Mike to lead us in a song of worship, and afterwards, Adrian is going to lead us in a time of communion. It's a time for us to reflect about salvation. Can't think of a better thing to do than have communion today. Jesus paid a price for you and I. And we can never repay him for that, but you know what? Because of what Jesus has done in my life, I long to share that with others. So let's take a moment. Let's make sure that helmet of salvation is on today. So I want to pray for you first. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, for you to start a relationship with Christ. Maybe you're watching online today and and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I want to be able to give you that opportunity today. 
It's understanding that we're a sinner in need of a Savior. It's taking a leap of faith and saying, Jesus, I'm believing that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, and that you rose again from the grave, and now you're calling a relationship with me to change my life. So would you pray with me right now for that? Lord, we thank you for the opportunity you've given us today to have a relationship with you. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I'm imperfect. I've got problems. I've got issues more than I could ever imagine. In fact, there's nobody out here in the world that could really truly help me with the issues I have. But if what this pastor is saying this morning is true, then you can help me. So Jesus, I'm taking a leap of faith this morning. I'm going to say that you are the Son of God, that you came, that you died, that you rose again, and I'm going to allow you to have my life. Would you do something with it? Would you save me? Would you change and transform my life? If you just prayed that prayer, you started a relationship. And there's some great benefits that come with that. One is you get to put this helmet on, and the helmet of salvation is far better, far, has far more abilities than this helmet here this morning. But you also have a family. You never have to walk alone anymore. You are welcome here in this place. No matter who you are, what your age is, what your background, financial, the color of your skin, what nationality you come from, you are welcome in this house. Because this house isn't mine, and it's not the people that are here. This house belongs to the Lord. For the rest of us, let's put this salvation helmet on every day, church. Let's allow Jesus to shape and mold our life, our thoughts, our minds, our vision, our hearing, our words, our speech. Let's put on the helmet this morning. Mike, would you lead us again in that song? This song, Cornerstone, is based upon the hymn, The Solid Rock, which many of you know. Every high and stormy gale, 
Christ alone, Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of When He shall come. to stand before the throne. I'm faultless. Faultless to stand before the throne. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He to a time of communion, so if you would take the elements. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So you can take the element of the bread that we have and hold it in your hand. With this, we remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. And we remember all the pain he went through and that he gave up everything for us. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you for the healing that you bring, not only to our bodies and our minds, but to our souls. Jesus, thank you that you gave everything for us because you loved us so much. Let's take this together. Next, you can take the juice, which symbolizes Jesus' blood. You can hold that in your hand.
Jesus continued then, In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. As we hold this juice, we're reminded that when Jesus bore our sins on the cross, he took every sin that we've ever committed and that we ever will commit, and he's washed us clean, and that we have salvation because of that, and we can spend eternity with him. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you again so much for what you did on the cross. Thank you that you were willing to cleanse us of our sin, make us righteous, justify us, so that we can be with you forever, God. Thank you that you look at us as if we've never sinned, that you look at us as if we were your children because now we are your children. Let's take it together. Pastor's gonna come up and we're gonna do a little switch as we go into one final worship song. One of the things that we said the Helmet of Salvation does is it changes um, the sounds that come out of us. Uh, people can't know the gospel unless we share it. And in a season where there is so much depression, angst, anger, worry, dread, the people of God should be filled with hope. And we should be, we should be climbing to the mountains and talking about Jesus changed our life. There's hope in Jesus. There's never been a better season for the church to resound the message, right? Because here's the thing. When the sun is bright and shining outside and I take out a flashlight, that flashlight gets lost, right? You can't even tell. But when it's dark in the darkest hour and that light cuts through the darkness, let me tell you, that's the season we're in, church. This is it. Man, we, we keep talking about the baton, having the baton. This is our baton. Yeah. We got a moment to share with people what this thing's all about. I like the song that we're playing to, today, and I asked the worship team to do this today. One, because it ties into the message, but two, this is a song we want to end our worship night with. And I thought it might be good if we at least hear it once before then. And, and I, I love what this song says because it talks about a person going the wrong way. But then they had an encounter with Jesus, and now I can't stop but share about what Jesus has done in my life. So church, would you stand to your feet as we close in this worship song today? Let's give God everything we've got. Let's leave it all here. I mean, what you got going on this afternoon? You're going to get a meal. You're going to say it's family time. There's no racing on, so I've got nothing to do this afternoon. So I'm like, let's give everything we've got. If we need to take a nap this afternoon, that's okay. Let's cool. pour everything out. We've got to Jesus right now. And you may not know the, the songs or the rhythm. You may not have heard this song before. That's okay because we can pour from the inside something deep. We can lavish our love on Christ today. And when we walk out of here, guys, all week long, let's put this thing on. Let's put it on. Let's be the church. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, Robbie, lead us in that song. Close us out. And I think Michael closes us in a prayer at the end. So let's do it.
chasing the high life Trying to satisfy my soul And all the lies I believed in Left me crying in the rain Then I saw lightning from heaven And I've never been the same I'm gonna climb a mountain I'm gonna shout about it I am a child of love I found a world of freedom I found a friend in Jesus I am a child of love I felt the sting of the fire But I saw you in the flame Just when I thought it was over I'm gonna climb a mountain I'm gonna shout about it I am a child of love I found a world of freedom I found a friend in Jesus I am a child of love Yeah, yeah Oh I am a child of love Nothing can change the way you love me. Nothing can change the way I belong to you. Yes, I do. Nothing can separate. Nothing can change the way you love me. Nothing can change the way I belong to you. I'm gonna climb a mountain I am a child of love I found a world of freedom I am a child of love I'm gonna climb a mountain I'm gonna shout about it I am a child of love I found a world Freedom, I find a friend in Jesus. I am a child of love. Oh, yeah. Oh, I am a child of love. I am a child of love. playing there Robbie let's sing it one more time let's let's try that one more time I am a child of love let's sing the chorus one, two, three, four. 
together and thank you lord that we are children of god and we thank you through faith in christ that he is our firm foundation that he is the cornerstone that he is the one that we want to share with others with the world around us lord even with as pastor said the undesirables those different than us and truly we're all different so lord help us to take Christ into our world today and each and every day, having the helmet of salvation. And we pray this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, Amen. Climb a mountain. 
Child of love.